When the art day gets rough, you just gotta keep on punching. And here's your Thunder Punch Daily with Jersey Droz. Skybite, easily one of my top five, if uh, well, top ten if not top five favorite Transformers from any series. If you were to evaluate every series and say, pick ten characters from all the various iterations of the Transformers franchise, Skybite would be pretty high up there. He'd be up there with Bumblebee and Rodimus. And he's not a Gen 1 character. He is not from the original series. He didn't come along until 2001 with the series Robots in Disguise. Now, in order to fully explain why I love this character so much, I'm going to have to provide a little bit of context because I do think that the time in which I, I encountered the character had some effect on how I reacted to him and how quickly I fell in love with him. Uh, 2001, uh, Robots in Disguise was an animated series that came out on Fox Kids, and uh, it was imported from Japan from a uh, cartoon series called Car Robots. And it was it was very, it was bright and cheerful, and it was it, it had a very similar animation style to like the first series uh, season of Pokemon. And it came out on the tail end of many years of the Beast Wars and Beast Machines universe. Now, if you don't remember that, what, 1996 or 97? I think it was 96. Beast Wars starts the cartoon series, and they did three seasons where it was uh, a continuation of the original Transformers series, but following 300 years later, these new characters, these characters called the Maximals and the Predacons, and they can turn into, like, organic animals now and then they have robot modes and it brings in some interesting new tensions into into the different kinds of plots they build around the stories uh and then at the end of beast wars they go back to cybertron and they find out that megatron who is not the original megatron he's a guy who's just taken the name megatron from this thing called the covenant of primus which is like the autobot and decepticon bible from the original series based on ideas that simon Furman put into the comics long story anyway it's not the same megatron uh, he's he's uh, overrun Cybertron and essentially murdered everybody and put all their souls or sparks in like, this giant chamber and it's about the Maximals trying to win back Cybertron. It's a very dark series. Um, some people love it for that reason. Some people didn't love it for that reason. I was... In, in Beast Wars 2 was an aging up of the franchise. It, had, it followed some more, I wouldn't say adult themes, but more mature themes. And then Beast Machines got even darker. So by the time uh, Robots in Disguise or Car Robots came out, I was kind of fed up on angsty Transformer stories. I was kind of burnt out on it. And I was ready. I was so ready for something bright and cheerful and made for kids again um, that had Transformers in it. And even more so, which I wasn't ready for, I was really ready for transforming cars again, like vehicle Transformers again. So this series comes out, and it's like they brought back the old transforming noise, and uh, the leader is Optimus Prime again, instead of Optimus Primal. Um, and it's it's a funny show. It has lots and lots of gags and humor. It has anime-style humor in it, um, which, you know, some people can... I guess it gets mixed reactions, but I found it to be tremendously refreshing. And... Some of the humor in the way it was translated, I think, made it even more sort of irreverent and full of kid logic and conceptually odd and, and I don't know, just, just like almost dreamlike and delightful at times and, and just utterly silly, uh, while at the same time still, you know, following some fairly, I wouldn't say intense, but it, it had plots with stakes.
Um, so then we get to this character, Skybite. So he, Skybite shows up in, I think, like the second episode. He is a main character in the show. He is in a lot of the episodes, and for good reason. He is he's an utterly charming character to follow. The premise of Robots in Disguise is it's a reimagining of Transformers, uh, where the Autobots have been hiding on Earth for some time in vehicle mode, um, just hanging out because... Megatron is coming, and Megatron is a six-changer this time. He turns into six modes. He can turn into, like, a giant hand, a dragon, a car, a jet, a robot. I'm forgetting one. Um, he turns into a lot of different things. But most of the time, he, his, his alt mode is he uses this two-headed dragon that he likes to turn into. And Megatron is not a, a Decepticon. He runs a team called the Predacons, which is built off of the Beast Wars franchise, where the bad guys were called Predacons. And his three subordinates that he comes to Earth with are these three guys that I'm going to talk about later called the Predacon. Well, I nicknamed them the Predacon brothers, Slapper, Gaskunk, and Dark Scream. A guy who turns into a toad, a guy who turns into a skunk, and a guy who turns into a flying squirrel. A flying squirrel, that's one of the bad guys. And anyway, in the second, and so it's all about them just trying to raise enough energon to win this war against the Autobots. And the Autobots reveal themselves to this young boy named Koji. Optimus Prime turns into a fire truck now, and he has like an optimum mode. So it's like Optimus, uh, Optimus Prime, optimize, and he can like combine with the rest of his trailer to get bigger, sort of like Power Master Prime. And... Optimus has a whole bunch of vehicle friends, the, the Autobot brothers, um, these three cars who are literally brothers. Um, and there's like bullet trains who combine into like a giant robot. There's the spy changers, which are little tiny robots who have like super crazy like superpowers. Uh, and later on the build team. Um, yeah, it's 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 full of characters. It's got a huge cast and it's it's just, I don't know. I keep going on about how delightful and charming it is. Why is it delightful and charming? Because of Skybite. Let me talk about him now. So in the second episode, Skybite shows up. What is he? he? He is a Predacon whose alt mode is a flying shark. He's literally a shark that flies around. And when we first see him, he's like burrowing through a highway the way a shark does through water. You just see his fin coming out of the, out of the highway as he's chasing down this car or this, this uh, delivery truck that's delivering this gigantic energy converter. Um, and it's revealed in this episode, that he is the second in command of the Predacons. He's come back to from Cybertron to help Megatron in his quest to get all the energy he needs on Earth. He's a flying shark, and he's second in command. Um, and then we get to an interesting aspect of his personality. He is a poet as well. He is, uh, like Starscream, he fancies himself the most intelligent and handsome and interesting character of the team. He's very, he's very flamboyant and uh, and and very arrogant, uh, and he has no problem pushing around Slapper, Gaskunk, and Dark Scream, because um, he thinks he's much much smarter, much more more clever than them. Uh, and when he's when he goes into battle, he'll stop because he's inspired to write a new haiku about the situation. Right? He's, he's almost as equally as interested in beating the Autobots as like writing beautiful poetry about his exploits. And so he'll stop. It's like, I've just been inspired to make a new haiku. And then he speaks it aloud in front of his enemies. And there's this lovely moment. I can't remember which episode it is. I think it's episode 11. Uh, where Optimus, after Skybite does his little poem, Optimus says, I think you should stick to limericks. Your imagery is derivative and lacks semiotic cohesion. And that's what gets under Skybite's skin, right? Don't criticize his poetry. And so it, he even says, as he's, he's uh, attacking Optimus, like, I'll show you who has, who's lacking semiotic cohesion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's, he's, 
He's big, he's powerful, he's the second in command, he's a bully to his underlings, but he's sensitive. He has a sensitive streak in, through his art. <laughs> and then there's one other wrinkle to his personality that just makes me adore him. So he winds up bungling a lot of Megatron's plans because he will often start doing Megatron's plan, but then come up with another idea that he thinks is even better. Some new strategy that he comes up with, because he's, he's just too brilliant to be held down, and you know, and his poet soul, he's got to find his own spin on it. Um, which gives him kind of a Starscream-esque aspect to his, his character as well, right? Like he foils the plans of the leader. But the primary motivation is flipped. Skybite adores Megatron. Skybite loves Megatron. And he wants to win Megatron's favor by proving to him, A, how loyal he is, and B, how clever he is. And I don't know about you, but I've had this experience often in my life where you think you're good at what you do, you know? You get some signals from the world that like, hey, maybe I'm doing this thing right. Maybe I've acquired enough skill and maybe I have that thing that people call talent and I'm doing stuff correctly. And then bang, life says, try again. <laughs> that is Skybite's uh, character arc in every episode of the series. Um, and later on, they bring in this wonderful rivalry with a character called Scourge, who is not Scourge from the Gen 1 cartoon. He's actually a much, much more interesting character than the original Scourge um, because uh, is, they explored in Beast Wars and now has become sort of like part of the Transformers mythology is when an Autobot protoform or Transformers protoform, uh, a Transformer who has not selected an alt mode yet, when they land on Earth, they scan the local area for compatible life forms or vehicles and so well actually this was in the very first episode of the of the original series like uh, it was uh, teletran one did that right explore explore repair repair same idea but now instead of a computer having to do it for them their bodies can just do it and so megatron takes an autobot protoform injects it with decepticon programming and then has it scanned for local vehicles that are uh compatible and it scans an oil tanker but the oil tanker is about to flip over and have a and there's a human driver inside so optimus understandably runs to stop the tanker from flipping over and he gets scanned along with the tanker so when this decepticon first transforms into robot mode he looks like a dark version of optimus prime named scourge if you've seen any later iterations of this character, they often will call him Nemesis Prime. I've seen toys come out where it's like it's the it's like Black Optimus with like bright blue and purple color scheme, and they'll often call him Nemesis Prime. And in Transformers Prime, they called him Nemesis Prime. But in in R.I.D., he was just called Scourge, and uh, he and Skybite became both second in command. And so the sibling rivalry starts to happen, and you have Skybite who is all sensitive and poetic and emotional and scourge who is just like this he's a klingon he's a hardened warrior all he cares about is conquering his enemies so of course they hate each other scourge is not artful scourge is a thug he's he's, he's a moron with a sword and skybite well as far as scourge is concerned is uh you know a self-obsessed flamboyant fop right why should he respect him and so there's there's some wonderful uh uh, tensions that come up between those two characters as they're both trying to win Megatron's favor. Uh, and finally, if, if you, if I were to ed advise or invite you to check out any episode of the series to understand like what makes Skybite so great, I would point to episode 16, the fish test. Now I'm warning you, 
If you are a Transformers fan who really enjoys the the war aspect, the um, you know, if 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 you really like the Michael Bay movies, or if you really like the um, action violence of Transformers. You're pr- I'm, I'm just telling you now, you're probably not going to enjoy this one. I don't think there's much fighting in this one at all. What happens is, <laughs> it makes me laugh just thinking about the premise. The episode starts with, remember this is 2001, uh, Skybite is on the internet looking, taking personality, online personality tests. Do you remember this? When it would be like, which hobbit are you? Are you Frodo or are you Samwise? And you answer these questions and you get your answer. Those tests still get floated around on Facebook every once in a while. Um, but Skybite is taking a fish personality test to find out what fish he is. And he's a shark, right? He already knows, but he, he, he doesn't trust his own judgment, right? So he, he's taking this test and it tells him he's a jellyfish. <laughs> and the whole episode is him trying to prove to himself and the world that he's not a jellyfish. And he keeps trying to like take over these different um, energy installations, power, power centers, and oil rigs. Uh, and the Autobots stop him every time. And then it actually, uh, about partway through the episode, he's sitting in shark mode on a cliff looking at the sunset and bemoaning his face saying, uh, alas, so the predictions are true. I always thought of myself as one who strikes fear into the hearts of millions, a shark with an iron will, but it turns out I'm a jellyfish. And he starts sobbing. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a great episode. And it involves him and the Predacon brothers dressing up in cosplay to pretend to be Autobots to try to get the Decepticons to attack them so they can beat the Decepticons and then beat up Scourge and also at the same time take the energy installation to get Megatron's favor. It's, it's pure silliness, but it's, it's silliness surrounding this very sensitive, gentle soul <laughs> who just wants his boss to approve of him. Oh, and I won't spoil how the series ends, but like, it, it's uh, it's only one season, and it does have an ending. It actually wraps itself up uh, in a nice way. And like Waspinator, another character I'm probably going to talk about this month, um, I was really on the edge of my seat saying, please don't let anything bad happen to Skybite. Please let him have a happy ending somehow. I don't care what happens to any of the other Predacons, but somehow Skybite has to come out ahead after everything he's been through. <laughs> I won't say how it ends, but... Um, yeah, that, that was me. Every week, uh, every Saturday in 2001, I got up to catch Saturday morning cartoons again because I was just so enamored of this silly flying shark who loves to write poetry and tries so hard to win the approval of his boss and fails over and over and over again, but keeps getting back up because somewhere deep inside of that shark, he actually kind of believes in himself. Okay, I think that's as good as a wrap-up of why I love this character as any. Um, this is part of the Art Sound Off Challenge, artsoundoff.com, where me and my buddy Rob Stenzinger are challenging ourselves to check in every day of the month of November with an audio essay about our art. The challenge I've put to myself is I'm going to talk about a different Transformer every day for the month of November um, and talk about my relationship with them uh, as a, wa- a viewer, a, a watcher, but then also like how how these ideas wind up influencing my art. And if you've read my comics, you, you probably can tell why a character like Skybite would be so darned appealing to me. So, and this podcast is, uh, this microcast is being uh, distributed on the 4 Million Years Later feed, which is a new Transformers podcast my buddy Hoover and I are going to make together where we watch an episode of the Gen 1 series every week and then check in and talk about it together the same way I'm talking about these characters. So if you haven't subscribed, please do. 
and I'll be back tomorrow with another Thunder Punch Daily. Until then, remember everybody. In today's story, Zagraz had a problem. He lost his confidence in himself because he had once failed. Well, now, we all fail sometimes, but we should never be afraid to try again. And we should always keep believing in ourselves. As the old saying goes, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Until later, bye.